Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop the Chemist Warehouse August catalogue and find Draca Noir 100ml now just $49.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. SNZ, welcome into your Friday, 5th of August 2022. Plenty going on in the world of sport, including another bronze in the pile. How good is it knowing how to ride a bike if you're a New Zealander? You just pretty much assured a medal these days. Congratulations again to the cycling team. And Aaron Gate getting fourth, nearly picking up a forfer. Right now in the Commonwealth Games, the White Ferns are under an absolute pump. They are 57 for 9, well off the pace of what England can offer. A little bit concerning as they look to head through to the semi-finals. We'll keep you updated with everything going on this morning. We'll catch up with Izzy at some stage down there at Millbrook. Kempi, how are you doing, mate? I'm all good. Louis, good to be uh, in. I brought my little mate in today. Just got him out of the house. He's enjoying just getting out and... A kiss. Yeah. <laughs> yep, nope. The kitchen is on fire. Does he do this quarterly, you told me? The quarterly kids sleeping. Quarterly kids sleeping. Should be a trophy for that. So you can see who else can get it. Z, 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 Z. Yeah, We've got a bit of ZZ tops for, for him today. Have we? <laughs> Joe got a bit of ZZ tops for kids today? I don't know who that is, Kempi. Oh, oh. Oh, mate, our listeners would be so disappointed. That's your... Okay, you got one job this weekend. We you need to know who ZZ Tops is by the end of the weekend. You hear it twice a day, every day. Really? Work it out. Is that them? Go away, mate. Um, five minutes past six. There's plenty going on, as I say. The Commonwealth Games is rolling on. We'll keep our eye on the netball later on. Silver Ferns, the White Ferns, who will try and pull off a miracle. But I dare say they're about to get pumped by... Um, the English Roses, which is a, uh, sorry, not the English Roses, the English Women's Cricket Team, which is a little bit of a shame. But oh well, they are still building, and I don't think this ends their tournament as well. I don't think it does. But we will keep our tabs across that this morning in all the Commonwealth Games action. We'll catch up with Izzy and we'll bounce through the All Black side that's been named to face the Springboks.
on Sunday morning at 3am. A little bit of breaking news. Only an hour ago, Kimpy. Joe Parker, Joe Joyce. The fight has finally been made. People have been reporting it for the last wee while. But from the horse's mouth himself, Joe Boxer Parker, the fight is going to be on the 24th of September at the AO Arena in Manchester. They love him up there. And Joe Joyce is a big boy with big credentials. This is going to be a hell of a fight, and it's probably going to be Joe's biggest test in a wee while. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad it's it's finally been signed and and sealed, and Joe gets to fight again. You know, especially in this heavyweight division that has there's a lot of action going on up there at the moment. Um, Usyk and of course our the 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 big. Uh, Pommy, who wants to go and get it uh, back, the title back, and and Joe Parker up there. So yeah, man, good on him. Get out there, Joe. Get out there and and get us some belts. Joe Joyce, he's a big dude. He is, and he's a very important. They look. The reason this is such a great fight is he bigger than Anthony Joshua or not? Uh, he looks it when Joe look you know that picture of him looking up to him. Joe he Joyce looks as big as he looks as big as Anthony Joshua. I think by height he might be very comparable. I'm not sure about his weight. Double eight, double three, Adam. If you're listening, you're usually pretty up to date with this sort of thing. As far as I can tell, this is a very important fight for both men, and it's a great stepping stone. Almost like you know they are using each other. The person that progresses through this fight has got to be banging on that door for that mm. next title opportunity, whichever way it comes. The things we need to watch, Usic and Joshua. And the other thing is, of course, what is Tyson Fury doing? Is he actually on this world tour, going around to fight Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul, or <laughs> Sonny Williams? <laughs> or is he actually still have the fire in the belly to um, fight in the heavyweight division four titles. He's got nothing left to prove, but I'm just a little bit struggling. I'm struggling to believe a little bit that he actually wants to hand that and, all And in. the rumour about uh, Dante Wilder too is ready to come back. He so. is. I saw him, I saw him training. Actually, mm. Francis Ngannou posted a video. He went and saw him and he said, Deontay Wilder said, I'm just trying to get back into the rhythm of it, but he's looking big and he's just starting to trim down. So he'll be banging on the door as well. So the heavyweight division for Joe Parker, is, it's not over. His hundred percent, it's not over. If he can, if he can get this win against Joe Joyce and and put his name on the lips of everyone, especially up there in the UK, where uh, heavyweight boxing is in a premium at the moment, man, he get another, he gets another shot. He gets another shot at the title. So, all the best, Joe. Well done to his team for putting that together. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I love the heavyweight division. I don't think there's anything better. Yeah, bang on, Kimpy. Uh, right now. We've got the Black Sticks men in action against South Africa down 2-0 at the minute uh, at the Commonwealth Games. We've also got the White Ferns cricket. They are 59 for 9, so they're looking like they're in massive trouble. We've got the men's fours versus Scotland, the Lawn Bowls and the women's triple quarterfinals versus Australia going on. Uh, Paul Cole and who will be on the show later has progressed through with in the dub, mixed doubles with Joel King, so that's good news. And in a canter, that one. Yeah, in a canter. Are you watching that? I was watching that. They look. I felt really sorry for the Pakistani, especially the the mixed doubles. The the young lady that was in there. She, every time they went to her side, she just couldn't whack the ball back. You know. So, I wonder what you're thinking. I got me thinking. Like, what are you thinking when you're coming up against Coley and Jolene, knowing that you've got no chance? Like, I mean, you actually know you've got no chance. It's, and, not, it's not a song, mate. Joel. <laughs> 
Joel, Joel, Jolene, Jolene, Joel, yeah, Joel. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at look at the kitchen. Look at the rat. He's loving it. As <laughs> you give me, we're lucky enough to have you today because Izzy's kids blowing up at Millbrook. He drank too many beers and played too much golf yesterday. And you were meant to be going up north. I was by pure chance. You're here. Otherwise, it would have been me. It's meant to work that way, eh, Louis? You know, like so. It yeah. always happens that way, and you're sitting there and There's something up there, isn't there? There is, man. And I, I thought, <laughs> you know what? I actually thought that. I, I was thinking, you know, like. Izzy's away, he's in Millbrook, you know, who knows about the kit and I'm not going to be here and and then that and was... And Joe's slagging me off before the show, well, telling Joe me I'm lost. all the worst qualities of his brother who he hates. I know, that was just really interesting conversation from Joe this morning. Kez has slept in. What a day, like what a start <laughs> to the day. <laughs> Start to the weekend. It's an absolute <laughs> shambles. Anyway, um, you're right. You're right on how demoralising it must be to uh, play Paul Cole and... Joel King. Um, Joel. I nearly tripped over there. I nearly, I nearly said Jolene there. <laughs> I All love right. that song too. Uh, it's, it's a great song. Sam Tanner's into the men's 1500 metre final. Keely O'Hagan's into the women's high jump final. Julia Ratcliffe, Nicole Brady are into the hammer throw final. Lauren Bruce is out, unfortunately. Georgia Williams was the... Bronze to the tally. Chuck it on the pile, Georgia. Congratulations in the women's time trial on the bike. Um, Aaron Gate was fourth. Tom Sexton was ninth. And right now, as I said, we've got the hockey, the men's black sticks, who are a little bit off the pace a wee bit. They've got the bit out the mouth. And coming up later on, we've got the men's discus final with Connor Bell. We've got some we've got Porsche Bing in the 400-meter hurdles. We've got some mixed doubles in the badminton. And we've got some silver ferns netball as well as some boxing up after 8.30. So busy morning with the Commonwealth Games. And Kempi for you, Jonathan's come through. Both 198 metres. Joshua weighs 109. Jo- Joyce weighs 180. Yeah, look, I thought he was the same. He, he sort of looked the same shape. Um, definitely the same height as Joshua. So, oh, yeah, man. It's a, you know, Joe's not a big, tall man. What would you say? He'd be 6'1", maybe? Who, JP? Yeah. Are he 6'4"? No. No, I think I think Josh. I, I, don't, I don't know what Izzy used to do, but when I used to put my height and weight, and I used to always tell Porkies about that, I was always six foot three and weighing about ninety eight kilos. I Joseph Park is five foot ten and weighing one hundred and twelve. He's six foot three. <laughs> he's six three. Mm. Um, he's five centimeters shorter than. He's got big shoes. Joshua, yeah, no, he's a big boy. You would have stood stood next to him. Yeah, I know. He's tall, yeah, mate. Yeah, look, my son's six three. My son's got to be an inch taller than him, at least. Well, he's not, mate, because he's six three. <laughs> he's six three. <laughs> I don't know how to no, prove what it I'm to say, you. What I'm saying is, when you put your put your height, your weight in those books, there's a little, there's some sort of porky going on there. So look, he might be six three. I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like it. I like the idea that you just some. You know what? It's a great power move. Somebody, t- somebody goes to you. Yeah, can be. How, how tall would you be? And you go, how tall are you? Six one. Oh, you can't be. one I used to tell the one I used to tell, and the CEO fell for it at least was that I was always twenty eight. Like, and what, I, and I convinced. No, no, I was twenty eight. Even when I was twenty six, I said oh, I was twenty eight. Right. And then I'd said that that many times when I was, you know, going up for contract talks that I'd actually convinced myself at 29 that I was 28. I'd for, I'd sort of lost track of the years. Oh, you'd you'd bought into the dupe. 
I'd bought into it. Like I signed my last contract at 29 and the and the club that I signed for at Wakefield said, you know, um, how, old, how old are you? How old are you again? And I said, I'm 28. And I remember going home. Been 28 for four years. <laughs> I'd said it that many times <laughs> that I was 28. I was like, yeah, man, I know what athletes are like. Like some of them I see in the book and they go, you know, oh, yeah, no, this kid, he's a, even though, even the light ones, they go, oh, he's six foot and 100 kilos. You're going, mate, you're five foot 10 and 94, ringing wet. Nah, you're right. It's a real, and it's a real thing in the NBA because they, mm. for, for whatever reason, for so long, the players were, in, like, they listed their own height and the teams, and so for no one actually knows how tall Kevin Durant is. He's been listed everywhere from sixteen to seven one. It, like no one, like there's, is like it's like, all. See, three inches is a lot of height. It's all mythical, and like no one actually, you know, they reckon that the the little guys that might actually be five eleven or five ten, like the like the Chris Paul, like the little mm. point guards, they will always be six or six one. Yeah, of course. You've got to get over that golden six foot. That that, you know, that's the that you I'm, don't want to be under six foot. I'm six foot flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Oh, Joe, don't. I'm actually. Um, don't look at me today because after you've slammed me before the show, I didn't slam you. I didn't slam you. I I said. Did. I, I, I said my brother is. All right, fifteen minutes past six o'clock <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Calm, Louis. Calm. I tell you what we do have, Kimby, which will cheer me up, is an All Blacks team because we got an All Blacks test this weekend. I like it. Do you like the team? Well, let's let's bounce through it for everyone at quarter past six this morning, and then my can't wait question of the day. Or oh, Craig's come through off the. Is that Craig coming off the back fence there? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. My can't wait question of the day is going to be about the All Blacks. Um, this is the team in order from George Bauer, Semios, Semi, Semi, uh, Sonny Takiaho. Angus Tavel, they've they've spelt his name wrong in the All Blacks team naming. Isn't that terrible? Is that the media manager who's having one of those days again? Semi, isn't that terrible? Angus Tavel, Sam Whitelock, Scott Barrett, Akira Yuani, Sam Kane, Captain Adi Savia, Aaron Smith, Bowden Barrett, Caleb Clark to the left wing, as Izzy predicted. David Harvey, Lisa, you can pretty much pick the team by watching the Instagram, as Izzy says. David Harvey, Lee at second 5'8". Rico Iwani playing his 51st test in the centre position. Will Jordan on the right wing. Geordie Barrett at fullback. Dane Coles fills the uh, reserve hooker spot. Ethan DeGroot, our boy. And Tyrell Lomax, your boy. Jace Ryan's come in and made some changes. Uh, Tupo Vai, Shannon Frizzell, Finlay Christie, Richie Mwonga, and Quinn Tupaya. So, the props, key differences there in the front row. Cody Taylor misses out altogether. Yeah, uh, that's a turn up. Cody Taylor misses out, that's a turn up. But you know what, Louis, when I, when I looked at that team uh, last night and I got up really early this morning and I just went over and over it before I wrote my off the back fence and. I had Jace Ryan written all over it. You know what I mean? Like, you know how we're talking... You know what athletes do? Athletes know when players aren't really putting their heads in in places that they need to be. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that team, and Jace Ryan's just picked, especially in the forwards, what he thinks are guys that are going to get his style of play done. You know, so that, that gives me some confidence. It does. It's interesting, Cody Taylor, for me, because Jason and Cody Taylor know each other extremely well. 
like extremely well and he would have had a massive part in that and you can tell Angus this is a really inexperienced front row to be going to South Africa with actually I look at this squad it's actually quite light Mm. Like it's kind of a line. But we of the are sand. light. We are light. At the moment, you mean the players? We, yeah, we the don't. Pl- we're not. We're not big. You know, the English are massive. They. Mm. Well, I remember people talk when we're talking about English rugby league players, and people go, "What about the English rugby league players? What are they all on steroids?" You're just going, "Nah, man. English rugby league players are massive. English people are big men. You know what I mean? And you look at the South Africans, well, mate. I don't know why they don't play rugby league. They're built for it. I know what you mean. Like. I, know, I, I do know humans. what you mean. The, the player pool they have to choose from are genuinely bigger. But when I go through the side, like, look, Semi Sonny Takiyaho, he's a physical hooker. He's 100%. dynamic, but he's not necessarily massive. George Bauer isn't a huge prop. Angus Tatavel is a slim prop. He's taller. Uh, Scott Barrett goes back into the locking spot with Sam Whitelock. So immediately they've taken Scott Barrett off the side of the scrum. Akira Yuani's dynamic. Um, Artie is Artie, that's fine, Sam Kane's physical. But then you look at the bench where they've gone, they've got size there with DeGroote and Lomax, a lot of faith being put on two young props. Tupo Vai, he's not a massive man. Uh, Shannon Frizzell, he's mobile. Finlay Christie, Richie Monga, Quintu Pyre, it's a really mobile uh, bench. Yeah, so you, so you know that clip we, we watched yesterday. That clip we watched when Izzy was talking about, you know, I got, you know, I went in to tackle oh, Habana, Habana, yeah, right, and Habana, you know, just hit him like a rock, you know, and it was just like, whoa, man, he's so, so, um, so hard to tackle, you know, the Jason Robinson type of type of guy, and then you listen uh, to Kennedy when she talks about Wayne Smith, now he wants us to play fast, he wants us to play our game, mm-hmm. so and you have a look at the All Black team, and they are like little rocks that can play really fast and are really skillful. Yep, here. And you can put your head in there with Jace Ryan into those rucks and malls, but you can get out of them quick and start to play football. I hope they do that. I hope they get away from the structured pod-type football that Izzy's been talking about all year and actually just trust in what they've, what they've been picked to do and do it really quickly. Yeah, Kempio, look, I hear you. And actually, gigs come through really sharp here. Have you guys seen the box pack? I have. We're going to have to play a different game if we are to compete. It's a, it's a really good train of thought. The flip side of the coin says, you guys are crazy. You can't, you can't get, get into their game. You can't, well, but you still have to. You still yep. have to front up, and you still have to have the size to actually be able to even get the seminence of a platform, and this side is too light to do that. There's two trains of thought here. I don't know what's right. We'll get to Izzy and he can have his say. What do you say? 0800-150-811. Really good point, Kempi. I know what you mean. Let's go fast. Let's play unstructured. Let's get out there and play to our strengths. Gig, that's kind of where you're coming from. I'm thinking, I look at the squad and I go, gee whiz, we're a chance to be smacked, behind, smacked between the eyes here and not be able to get a seminence. If we get pulled into it. If we get pulled into it, we've got to we've got to have clean ball. We've got to we've got to move fast. We've got to get in the you know Jace Ryan's head in the in the in the dark spaces. Um, but we we can't expect to win the game. I don't think against the Springboks playing their style of football. Yeah, Dom says Vai is massive. What are you talking about? Look, he is big, but he's also like he's young. He's not that rugged type of. And he's absolute, also coming off the bench. He's, and he's but he's not that rugged type of big burly weapon. You know, um, I, I do like he might be big in stature, but 
Like, I, I don't know. 0800 150 811. Am I crazy to think we might be a little bit light here? We might be walking into an absolute fire unprepared. 22 minutes past six. What do you say? Give me a call. 0800 150 811 8833. Be like, Dom, send us a message. Good, bad, ugly on the Temper Bird Post text machine. Here with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 27 minutes past six o'clock. The All Blacks have named their squad to play South Africa, the Springboks, and uh, two tests here. Well, it is a pretty much a miniature two-test series. It's part of the rugby championship, but very much make or break for Ian Foster. Um, here's some good messages coming through. Before we get to Joe and Gizzy, morning boys, light. Who did we not pick from our squad that is huge? This is all we have. Stoke for Samasoni. Costa. Yep, Costa just going through the squad now, and maybe that's just, as Kempi points out, a reflection of the player pool we have available, and I'm happy to take that point. Yeah, I agree with you actually on the hardened rugby player, but the size-wise, he's probably one of the biggest we have, and there's one way to harden him, and that's to throw him in the deep end. And if we want players, we need Jacobson Black out of Cullen Grace ASAP. Dom could not agree with you more. I would love to see Luke Jacobson in the starting team on the blind side in this game, and I've been saying it for weeks now. Um, boys, if I'm not wrong, I'll admit it Monday morning, but I'm not interested to see things go pear-shaped but I'm just interested in things. See, if things go pear-shaped in the first test, I want to see Foster's plan B. Because so far in his coaching career, he hasn't had one, and he ain't got one this time. It could be a cricket score. I hope I'm wrong, Mark. Ooh, Mark. Point taken. Joe, Gizzy, what do you make of it, mate? Come on, boys. Come on, boys. You know, everyone's getting on this. We're, we're a bit light. They just played Wales in a three-test series. Wales took them really deep in the first game, and they need a penalty in the 83rd minute to win it. Wales beat the second string team, be fair. But throughout that uh, three-test series, and in the third test, Pollard kicked 20 points from penalties. So the Welsh team, they were giving up 65 kilos, right, in the first test. Then around around 65 to 70, they were giving up against that big pack. Guess what? They took them deep. You know, they gave away too many penalties, and they got kicked off the, off the park. But see, so you don't have to have a big pack. You know, this is the thing. Is you just got to be mobile in the set. In the set phase, we may lose it a bit in the scrum and the liner. We should be good. You know, and then yeah, in, in the open Joe, and from the ruck ball, Joe, you know, we should be there. Now, you know what? And I don't want to get this twisted. Like, I don't want to come across like the, being light is the biggest issue that I have. And I'm wondering about Kempi. I was just looking at the squad, and that was my first impression. I actually think there's about ten things I would list in front of being light as a concern for the All Blacks, namely. And we're going to hear from Ian Foster. We've got some audio later. Actually, structure and or actually game plan and what they can do on attack, how they're going to score points. There's so much other stuff that I'm more concerned about, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course I do. And you're dead right, Louis. And I sort of I get what Joe's saying. It's like they took them deep because they. They had a plan. It gave away too many penalties. They kicked them off the football field, basically. And you are going to have to, I guess, throw caution to the wind with the side. Not. I'm talking about penalties, but in the structure and the systems that you're going to try and follow. So when I looked at the side last night, like I said, spent plenty of time looking at it, I, in my head I was going, man, they can play footy. Like these guys, you watch them, they can all play footy. What I hope is that they go out and play footy. They don't They don't get into that structured system where they think they're going to you know, get in the ruck and maul and win it and win set plays. They're going to have to do something different. Really interested to see Dalton left out of the 23. Um, I think for a lot of us, he was the head and shoulder best open side in when even loose forward for a lot of super rugby. Um, the other one, 
falau whakatawa, I thought a bit of physicality, but again, I think it shows a, a sign of intent of what they want to do in the last 20, and that's what Joe was saying. Use that light, use that weight use difference, use your speed, take it deep, like what Bowden Barrett has done in South Africa in years gone by, and Izzy too. We'll get to Izzy shortly. Uh, fellas, just a thought, why not play the best 15 in the country at 15? Paul Will into the 15, Seven on to the right wing, and Geordie to the bench, who has great versatility and can cover about three positions instead of our current one, who's basically a specialist positions. Unnamed texter, not a terrible point, although I've got no issue with picking Geordie every day at fullback because for a long time now he has, has been the best fullback. Well, the, look, he's, he is in the best 15 because he kicks all the goals. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to take him out and then give it to, to Bodie. Yeah, like, but, you're going to take him out and you're going to give it to Richie. It hasn't worked well. Well, well Richie would, yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised Richie didn't get a start. Like, they made all those other changes be really interesting to know the thought thought process around why Richie didn't get a start. Yep. Um, a lot of those changes in the Fords, though, with a little Jace Ryan flavour. Hey, there's some good texts here with around the White Ferns, and they've been bowled out for about 70-odd, really poorly. I'll get to your text if you text about the White Ferns in just a second, so make sure you hold there, Craig. Uh, we'll get to those, definitely. It is 28 away from 7, but I love racing.nz as well. If more of your messages on the All Blacks up after this, watching the Com Games this morning here at SCNZ. Here's Arahoth Health News for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Six minutes away from seven this morning, and the White Ferns have struck Danny White out. Fran Jonas picking up a wicket in her first over. Before we get to Izzy, just quickly, here's a couple of messages about the women's cricket. They are defending 72, by the way. Um, even though I've taken a wicket in the first over, it's not looking great. Here's a couple of good messages. New Zealand's women's cricket is a train wreck after failing badly at home in the World Cup, expecting box-to-box Oh, that's right, then goes on to the box, spring box, right? Got you. What a shambles get Sophie Devine and Susie Bates out early. There appears not really a plan B for the White Ferns. That's from Craig and Chase. Yeah, they are, have been disappointing for a wee bit now, and it's not a lot of batting depth or not a lot of graft that goes in underneath Devine and Bates. I do hear what you're saying there. Anyway, let's get to 66 Test All Black, Izzy Dag. Hi, Izzy. How you going? Uh, hello, T. How are we? Good morning, brother. Morning. You looking? You're looking nice and comfy there, mate. Just yeah, I'm comfy. I'm comfy. I've just uh, the kit's not really doing its thing this morning, so I'm I'm just uh, you know we're adapting as we do on the run here on the Izzy and Kempi for breakfast show. But boys, it's um, great to be back. How you doing? I'm watching a bit of Commonwealth Games. Just watching the the men's hockey take on South Africa. We're just letting another goal, so we're three one down. Not ideal, but um, talking more sport, just talking a bit of All Blacks and and uh, White Ferns. Yeah, not not ideal, Louis. Obviously, we struggled. And then, yeah, you're right. Once we lose those Kerr, Divine, um, we tend to really just have no really depth. And 72, that's pretty horrible. It's going to take a miracle, really, to defend that. But, um, yeah, not, not ideal signs. Not ideal signs at all, uh, Daggy. Hey, does this um does this give you flashbacks from when you and Baz did that sh- whole show at Millbrook when you were playing your golf tournament down there, and you did a whole show on anywhere? 
<laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But hey, that, that's crazy. You know, like everyone at home will probably think I'm on a kit. But um, I'm, I'm on my iPhone. I'm on my iPhone and I'm doing a radio show on my iPhone and I'm looking at the camera and I've just parked up in my bed again and yeah, we're going to rip into an awesome day show. And, <laughs> mate, it's been, it's, I had a great day yesterday. I'm down here with um with uh, SCNZ and the Fujitsu crew and Stephen Fleming was here yesterday. So had a catch up with Lemo and Mr. Fujitsu himself. Had dinner with him last night and yeah, it's uh, had a great day. It's really sunny down here, but I'm um, looking forward to getting home. But Big show today, boys. Paul Cole after 7 o'clock. Looking forward to chatting to the champ. And Kempe, didn't expect you to be back today, my brother. And you surprised us all. How you doing? Yeah, mate. No, I'm good. I, you know, I, was, uh, I was on my way out of town and, and got some um, some bad news about a whano issue. So I had to, had to whip the car around. And, and then I was just I was lying in bed, mate. And about 3 o'clock this morning, I was thinking, mate, something's not right. And at work. Mm. I think I'd better just grab grab old Bruiser and cruise on down there and, and see the boys and lo and behold the kit's not working. Yeah. So yeah, you know, this is how these things work, eh? You know, I just got a little tap on my shoulder about three o'clock in the morning, get yourself in there, mate. <laughs> boys need a hand. Things happen for a reason, Kempi. Nah, right. it's always good to good to have you in, mate. We'll finish the show off uh you know, big this weekend. Obviously, after eight, we'll chat to Mills Mullane about the all blacks. From an all blacks point of view, selections, Louie. I know you've already touched on it. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I was reasonably close. Of obviously the first first five debates, the big one, you know, Bowden Barrett getting another nod. Whether they were close to giving Richie Maunga an opportunity, Samasoni Tokiaho, big selection at hooker. No Cody Taylor, Dan Cole's on the bench, so changing of the guard there. Obviously a physical battle they're up against, and that guy. If, well, if you're going to try and match. Malcolm Marks, why not put Beast on Beast? Those yep. two will be going at it all day. What a matchup that is. Yeah, huge matchup, is he? You're right. Um, Sammy Sonny, he's he's the guy who, who's kind of built for this battle, isn't he? And interesting, I, I thought, you know you know them both. How tough would that conversation have been between Jace Ryan and Cody Taylor early doors? Is that like a bit of a statement from Jace that he's not going to be, there's no preferential treatment? See, that's probably why I went, Cody, in my selections. You say I thought there might be, but um, no, look, that's what happens when you're the All Blacks coach, you're on the All Blacks ticket, you can't have any favouritism, you've got to uh, pick the best uh, players available, and in all honesty, that, that Samasoni Tokuaho, mate, he is quality, you watched him live in that semi-final for the Chiefs. Machine. Man, he was beast mode, so... Look, he's seen the potential there. Now this kid's going to go out there and nail his job. His 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 jobs that he has to nail. It's not his ball. Ball carry is very important, but it's his core roles. His line-out throwing has to be right on the money. That is South Africa's biggest strength. If he gets that wrong, it's going to be a tough night. So nail your core roles before you, you have a huge impact on the game. But, mate, uh, big future for this kid. I hope do, he does well. Do you think the same, uh, I guess... Um position uh, is there for Bodie Barrett as far as selection goes. If he doesn't perform this game, because he, he wasn't at his best against Ireland, if he doesn't perform mm. in this test, do you think Richie Moonga then gets the nod? Um, yeah, I think if, if they don't perform in this test and even the next test, it's, I think it's not just um, Bodes that'll be you know, having a word to. There'll be a lot of changes being ringing through, but um, he's, yeah, look, I'm expecting him to be totally better this weekend. 
um, just with more clarity, you know, like they've got a real di- understanding of what they're going to do with with Fozzie. But uh, if he doesn't, yeah, they'll probably they'll probably go for a change, which is not what we want. We want consistency and selections, and we're trying to build for that World Cup next year. And I've seen a cup time. There's probably only been like a handful of players that have really demanded selection and 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 made it tough for the coaches. But at the moment, yeah, there's just. It's up for selection, the debates there every week, which, you know, back in the day, it was probably you change one player, but at the moment, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. 19 minutes away from seven. Uh, we'll continue to talk All Blacks throughout the morning, as well as Commonwealth Games, England 14 for one, chasing that small target of 72 in the women's Commonwealth Games cricket. Richie says the White Ferns may be a train wreck, but they only have to win one of their last two games to get a medal. Let's just hope we are playing India in the bronze medal match. Richie, very glass half full of you. And Barry says, morning team, have you forgotten about the Black Caps beating the mighty Netherlands by 17 runs? No, Barry, I hadn't forgotten about it. I just didn't probably think it was in the top 10 most important things going on this morning because there's so much sport around the world. And the good old Black Caps have been on tour for about 20 years. So <laughs> just, we've had a lot of Black Caps content. We'll continue to get it out, though. I appreciate your message, Barry. And all your texts starting to pile in for a frisky Friday. We'll try to get to them all throughout the morning. Loveracing.nz, we'll do that a little bit later. Um, we've got Mick Guerin coming on to talk about the sad news of very popular jockey Taiki Yanagida, who is um, fighting hard in hospital after that terrible fall at Cambridge. We'll give you an update on that at about 22.8 this morning. But um, for right now, everybody is thinking of you, Taiki, and, and your loved ones. So we'll, ke- we'll talk a bit more about that when we can do so at a more appropriate time. Right now, it's time for Quizzy Dag. So 0800-150-811, the Kennard Tire phone line is there for you to come through, play Quizzy Dag, win it. You take a $50 bonus bet into your weekend, and you go on the draw to get your chance to go to the Gold Coast 500 with Willamette Travel, give us a call. Cake on the Quizmaster. On your radio, giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast. Five questions for the win. Supercars on the line. Oh, 800 150 811, you're mine. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, someone's standing the gold coast. Let's get Mark from Tauranga up nice and quick. We're going to have real time constraints in this one. We're running out of time. Marky, Tauranga. Morena. Morena, boys. Morena. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. It was in the 03 for a couple of days. It was uh, nice and cold down there. Nice, nice, buddy. Well, rip into it. Good luck. Question number one. Which year was the first test between the All Blacks and the Springboks? Uh, no idea. I'll have a guess at 1903. 
1903 is in Marky. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. You would have got that one, wouldn't you, Kempi? Oh, 100%. Hey, good luck. Remember, remember Kempi's got your clues. Jade from Hamilton, morning. Morning, boys. How are we? Morning, mate. Good. Very good. Thank you. Question. What was, which year was the first test between the All Blacks and the Springboks? Oh, we'll have a stab in 1921. <laughs> that's, such, that's such a good stab, that one. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, it's your luck today. Question number two. Who will captain the Springboks this weekend? Oh, uh, uh, Malcolm Marks. Oh, no. Not Malcolm Marks, Jake. Sorry, buddy. Have a good day. We're going to go to George. Morning, George. Kia ora. Kia ora, George. Who will captain the Springboks this weekend? Hey there, George. <laughs> George. Is it in Ethernet? No. Not Ethernet. Sorry. Have a good day. We're going to go to Luke in Dunedin. Morning, Luke. Morning. How are we? Yeah, thank you. Who will captain the Springboks this weekend? Khaleesi. Dear Khaleesi. Correct. Question number three. Which year did the All Blacks debut Kappa or Pango against the Springboks? Louis' favourite moment. Oh, it was in, uh, I'll go 2000 and... Oh, no, oh I'll phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was my last year's Warriors coach. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oi, I reckon, I you're, I reckon you're, you're on the money in that first one. Sad. <laughs> and you just And you took that advice from Izzy, the nah. gambler? You're, you're way off, actually. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Have a good day, mate. Uh, we're going to go to Mike from Christchurch. Morning, Mike. Hey, you fellas? Yeah, good, thank you. What um, year did the All Bats debut couple pung? 2005. That is correct. Question number four. What was the score in the 2015 World Cup semi-final versus the Springboks? 2019. <sighs> no, it wasn't 2019. Sorry. Close. Have Very a good day, Mike. Close. Brett from Huntley. Brett, he loves it. He loves coming in late and just swooping the prize. Brett. People imagine it, 2018? 2018 was correct. Question number five, Brett. Who is the most capped Springbok? Oh, that one I don't know. Uh, John Smith? Ooh, good crack, but incorrect. Sorry, mate. So uh, we're going to have to go to Richie from Upper Hut. Morning, Richie. Um, Give Matt Field a go. Give Matt Field a go. Well done, buddy. 
We're in the draw for the 300th time. <laughs> Only 28 days to go. Well done, Richie. Um, Kiz will sort you out that bonus bet, mate, as well. Six and a half away from seven. Good text here from Adam Fahey on the boxing. Joe Parker's next fight announced. We'll get to that after this before we head to Paul Cole up in the UK. Is in Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ. <laughs> Hey, morning to you. It's a Friday, a happy Friday indeed. And Adam says, boys, Joe Joyce versus Joe Parker is now officially September 24. The winner, Kempe, will be mandatory fight for the WBO world title currently held by Usyk. So there you go. JP, a chance to get his WBO title back. Very exciting stuff. Go on, Joey. He's up there in training camp already. And Tim says, where is Izzy broadcasting from? The 1960s. Are you doing one of those Civil War reenactments or mining reenactments at uh, the, the, the little gold mines down there in Millbrook, um, is he? Oh, mate. I'm doing it all. I'm doing it all for the team, mate, on my phone. No, look, I'm down in Millbrook, and uh, there's a little bit of an outage out down here with um, the spark. I think we've got a wee problem. So we're just having a few difficulties, but we'll get through it. We're going to chat to Paul Cole shortly. Have we chat to him, obviously, about Commonwealth Gold. Success. So looking forward to that, Louis. Yeah, it should be a big, uh, uh, cosy, Kempi, West Coast blood coursing through him as he won. Ah, oh, that came through in bucket loads yesterday, diving around that court, saving points to keep himself in the game. I can't wait to talk to him. McCafe coffee time for us. He's out of with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Got you covered with Elastoplus rigid strapping tape at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from $7.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, four minutes past seven o'clock on August 5th. Welcome to your Friday. Welcome to your weekend here on SCNZ. Plenty going on. A lot going on in the sporting world. We've got Izzy down there in central Otago. Got Kempe riding shotgun here. And I got the White Ferns doing battle with England, trying hard to defend 72. But they only need 26 from 74 balls. So I think the English are going to be here in a canter. Let's hope that the draw falls nicely for the White Ferns. The New Zealand men's Black Sticks team is down 3-2 at the moment, but they just pegged one back in the third uh, the, quarter, the third against South Africa. The women's uh, Black Sticks, well, they've progressed to the semi-final with a win over South, South Africa. And the All Blacks have named their side for that first test against the Springboks over there in the cauldron. A couple of notable selections uh, we've got Sammy Sony Takiaho starting at hooker. Bowden Barrett stays in at 10. And as Izzy, you said, Caleb Clark on the left wing, which you must love to see the young fella back. 
Yes, great to see Caleb Clark back having another run. Hopefully his lack of game time doesn't really affect him. But before then, before we talk about that, how about this? Paulie, 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 Paulie Cole. He just went to the calm games and got gold. Now he's about to come on the show. Let's rip into it. Oh, yo. Paulie, <laughs> good morning, my brother. <laughs> how are you, my man? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm up and about now, mate, because the champs on our show. Well done, brother. <laughs> we are so, so proud of you back here in New Thank Zealand. You. Obviously, you fly well the flag. Done, Paulie, Paulie Cole. Paulie Cole, just, just getting the job done, mate. Um, Grey Mouth was coming out through and through, through you, mate. You had to dig deep, but you got the job done. How, how was the night, mate? Oh, mate, it was huge, bro. Um, yeah, I was just sort of uh, in and out of in and out of focus for that one. You know, it was quite tough to to focus. I was sort of battling at the start just to to be able to find my my zone and stuff. But uh, yeah, man, I was proud uh, how you know dug in and the fourth and the fifth sort of found my game a bit and started firing it in and um, you know started making work quite quite well. So yeah, man, just real proud of how I sort of fought and managed to find my into that match a bit more. Mate, you, you, I'm sitting here going, get in there, come on, dig in, mate. That, give me that West Coast that I know you have. And you started throwing yourself around the court. Like, there's two points, mate, that were really critical where you dove, it looked like you'd lost the point and you'd found something and and got to those those points to get it. What was, tell me, mate, what were you thinking of? Like, you, you were obviously trying to refocus, but what was it that got you back into that focused area? Um, the third, I had a bit of a lead in the third, like six, three, seven, three, and um, I lost that set and it pissed me off a bit. So, um, <laughs> you know, I chucked my racket at the end of the set and uh, sort of got my ass into gear a bit, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I think, you know, from that sort of point where I, you know, it's quite annoyed at myself, it sort of just snapped me out of it. You know, I was pretty nervous all day and obviously quite a big match for me. So, um, you know, at the start, I think I was just a little bit nervous and. You know, after it got that sort of bit of, uh, you know, aggression back in, it sort of, you know, kicked me out of that zone and, and got me into to where I wanted to be. Uh, it's a game of chess, though, Colsey. I was watching it, and you were kind of, like, trying to figure out um, Mackin, and he was, like, he, had, he put on probably his most clinical game, but it was kind of like a game of chess. I, I saw you, you know, playing a lot closer to, to the wall and, and drop, doing those little drop shots, and then you'd hit it to the back. So did, was it kind of like just trying to figure him out for a bit? Listen to you for all this squash talk now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you know me. You know me. 100% right, mate. Um, me and him have quite similar games. I was sort of, you know, we're sort of battling for that T position, trying to sort of um, outwork each other and sort of outmaneuver each other because, you know, we both have, like I said, we've both got similar games. So it's a real sort of tactical battle and physical battle for us. Um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't feel like I had my best last night. But you know, finals is not always about you know playing the best squash; it's just finding a way to win. So, yeah, I managed to do that last night, and um, you know, I was uh, I was ecstatic after it. Just I was I was full of energy. I slept about two hours last night, and I didn't even have a drop of alcohol. So, um, yeah, I was wired. I was wired all night. Don't worry, you can celebrate with us when you come back, mate. You'll shout. Um, hey, <laughs> Paulie, look, you did play the game of your life, mate. That was I know you I know you're giving yourself a hard time, but it was for a gold medal and you won it, so you did play the game of your life. Just take me through that last set, that point, that very first point, that rally that went forever. 
because that's where I thought you that you you won it there. That was it. Hundred percent, man. I, I knew I had to. Um, I thought I played a really good fourth set. And I had to just um, come out in the fifth strong. Just couldn't give him anything, and you know I wanted to be to be quite aggressive and take it to him and not let him get any sort of momentum. And um, played it with a lot of confidence and found my game, found my range, and I thought you know I put some really good shots into the front and didn't give him anything to work with. And, you know, I thought I had him quite tired and um, I didn't want to give him any free points. So, yeah, man, that, that first rally, I remember it, it was a monster. And um, I felt my legs going already, but I knew he was probably more tired than me. So, you know, it's just a mental battle uh, in that first set. There's still work to do, of course, Colsey. You've obviously got your doubles, your mixed doubles, and you've um, progressed through to the quarters, I'm pretty sure, there. Just on the whole Com Games experience, I read some comments from you earlier in uh, the event where you were just talking about how the whole kind of experience not was overawing you, but you just wanted it so bad that you almost needed to slow yourself down. It, like, Can you explain what that feeling actually is? Can you put it into words? Not really, to be honest, man. It's just... Um... You know, being being around so many good athletes, and you know they all had the same mindset, and just sort of you know some some pretty sort of um, famous athletes that you sort of watch on TV, and then just being surrounded by them by two weeks, it sort of it just gives you a, a huge amount of energy. And um, you know, I was sort of the start of the week, I was sort of getting myself into a bit of a state, you know, like too 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 excited, too up for it, and um, I wasn't really court, I was too pumped up. So yeah, something they want to sort of you know, sort of soak it all in, but you've got to, you know, um, keep your, your mind on the job and um, stay focused on your match. So, yeah, I was, I was real happy with my semi-final. I thought, you know, I really got that balance right of being relaxed, um, being focused and up for it. But, yeah, going into the to the final, obviously, it was a, probably one of my biggest finals and um, I really wanted it. So that's when the nerves kicked in. I was a, The whole day, I was just sort of, you know, sitting around with, you know, um, butterflies all through my stomach. So, yeah, man, it was a it's a wicked experience here. It's hard to describe, but you know, it just gives you so much energy. Um, you know, like I said, I slept two hours last night, but I'm still buzzing buzzing today. So, yeah, it's a wicked experience, man. Oh, Colby, mate, we're so, we're so bloody proud of you. Honestly, you you're flying the flag. You've put in so much effort, mate. Are, are you are you knackered? Like, yeah. So there was up that one rally in the in the last set, but there was probably about six hundred of those throughout the the match. Where it was just going for minutes, just one point. Like how how are you feeling, mate? How's the body, and um, what do you got coming up, mate? Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, mate. It's pretty beat up. Um, it's uh, <laughs> I was I was cramping on that last that very last point. I was I was happy I had a five point lead because my left quad had gone at that stage. It was um, yeah, it was pretty tight. It was all cramping up, so it was tough, man. It's uh, you know, but uh, we got a good team here. Got lots of lots of massages and, and stuff um, today. So had a pretty pretty comfortable first round of the doubles and um, hopefully tomorrow will be a bit fresher. But yeah, man, after this, I'll take a few days off. Um, but mm. don't have too much time. I've got my, my season starts three weeks after this. So I've got to stay in shape <laughs> and, and start preparing for that. <laughs> oh, mate, it doesn't slow down for you, mate. But that's why I called you muscles. You've got the biggest quads I've ever seen. So I can understand why they've started cramping up, but. Hey, uh, just quickly, we're going to let you go shortly, but seeing, seeing your family on the news, celebrating, popping the champagne, mate, how, how are they feeling? They must be extremely proud of you and, and, and all your success. I know your dad's your biggest fan, but have you, have, you, have you had some good words with them? 
Yeah, they um they called me, you know, had a chat video chat with them last night, which was really cool. They were super proud. They were they were four bottles of, of champagne deep um before breakfast. So um, <laughs> <Good>. they were <laughs> they were flying. But um yeah, it was it was cool to, to speak to dad and uh, mum and stuff like that. So yeah, it was wicked to that, you know, they obviously supported me a lot, you know, for them to enjoy that moment. It was pretty cool. Yeah, mate. They're proud of you. We're proud of you. We appreciate you coming on our show. As always, the one and only Paul Cole. Give me a little freestyle before you go, mate. <laughs> no way you're dropping me in that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, appreciate it, Colsey. Love you, bud. Take care and, and well done again. Thank you, boys. Really appreciate it. Awesome, Colsey. Champion, is he? Oh, Absolutely. Man. Honestly, the fitter he'd probably be one of the fittest athletes in New Zealand. Eh? Like, he yeah. is just crazy. That one point, Kempe and Louis, like you, you're back, you got to try and get eleven of them, and that one point takes ten minutes. Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> and then it probably goes to yes, let or you know the, the so they're going to start again. Like it's man, that sport is physically demanding. Here's here's a little pop quiz for you. I just did a Google, and this is pretty unscientific, but it's come from www.squashrevolution.com. How many people worldwide do you reckon play squash, Kempi? Oh, well, it used to be quite big back in, back in my day. Um, I don't know, worldwide? Maybe a million? Is he? Number one sport in Egypt. 10 million? 20. 20 million people play squash worldwide from a couple of in that 20 million figure just doing a very quick bit wow. of digging there. It looks like a couple of different sources have that there or thereabouts. Paul Cole's from a country of 5 million. He's from a tiny town on the West Coast there, Greymouth. There's three people there. Yeah. Uh, there's, he had to travel to get access to courts, to get access to training from a pretty young age once he realised he was pretty handy at it. He's, what is he, 30? I think so. It's been a slow burn from him as ascendancy. He's a genuine, a genuine international sports star. And He's I, a coal mate. I think Kempi. People are starting to have the penny drop how big Paul Cole is, and like we've mm. been on it for a long time. I've been a massive fan of his work for years now. But I remember when he was toiling away. I remember when he broke into the top ten. I remember when he broke into the top five. And then since we've been on here, just watching his rapid ascension in the last 18 months, I think the penny is now dropping. And it's a shame that you have to be front of, like you have to see someone to recognise their success. But that's how it works in sport a lot of the time. I think the penny's finally dropped for people, Kempe. This guy's a genuine star. Mate, like if there's anyone out there that's looking for someone to brand with Paul Cole and and have just a clean-cut kid representing your brand... Mate, he'd be he'd be top of the list, you know. I can't mm. believe he comes home and he hasn't got a car waiting for him. For instance, you know, I know he plays a lot of lot of his squash overseas, but this is a kid who's just mate. He's clean. He's clean. He's like such a clean brand. But the the thing to go with him and the thing to boot is he's such a good kid, you know. Mm. He's so he's a champion, absolute champion. Oh, I wanted to yeah. say that to him. Is I wanted to say, mate, you did play well. You played for gold yeah. and you got it. You know, so well done, Colsey. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he just messaged me. I can't believe you try to get me to rap. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, he's uh, you, you did right, Kempi. Like brands should be aligning themselves with this guy. Like he's 
thoroughly deserves everything he gets, puts in the work. But you're starting to see the results, boys. Like I went to that squash event about a month ago, and the hype was there. The hype was there. And you're right, Louis. Like you're starting to gain traction. Everyone's starting to realise and, and understand who Paul Cole is. And it's, it's starting to pay dividends for New Zealand squash too. The numbers are probably growing with participation and members signing up to squash. It's a great game. Well, I played that one game and I was jumping everywhere and, well, I wasn't really doing much. I was just talking, communicating and commentating the whole time. But well, it's a wonderful game and, and you can see why people enjoy it. It's, it's good for fitness and, and I'm only expecting, not only him, Joel King obviously didn't get the results she was after, but with their success, it only can do great things. Yeah, 100%. And do you know what? Squash New Zealand, and I'm sure they're doing this, um, need to identify the next Joel King and the next Paul Cole ASAP because this is a decade, two decade, three decade long play here. As contact sports become less popular with parents, sports like basketball and squash in particular, great for cardio, um, a great sport. You can have a career in it. What Look at these guys and what they're doing on the world stage. Uh, it's just going to go strength to strength. Kimby's dog is snoring, and if that's what you can hear in the background there. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, love that, Kimby. Does he, like, take after his owner? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does, mate. He loves the snores, the old bruiser. Absolutely loves it. He's in the, you know why? Because because Louis turned the heater on, mate. It's like, he's going, oh, it's nice and warm and cozy in here. And thank God he hasn't found the musashi bars, mate, because he'd eat the lot. He thinks he thinks he's on holiday. He, he doesn't does. know that you turned around and came back. He, look, he just heard musashi bars. And he st- he st- stood up. He knows when you're talking about food. This dog, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, so good. A, um, there's a couple yeah. of messages here regarding the netball and Jamaica and Australia. Yeah. Uh, Kez, we're going to get to you after this on that because lots of people want to hear from you on it. And we've got the Silver Ferns coming up this morning as well against the English. Uh, the English are giving the White Ferns a hiding then. They need five more runs there. So it's a double header against the English today. Adam says Paul Cole for Sportsman of the Year at the Halbergs. I completely agree. He won't win it. Ah. It just doesn't happen like that um, for whatever reason. Let's, let's, let's create the SENZ. Um, sports awards, mate, and take over the Hellbergs. Mm. Yeah, well, we're, wow. Yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Let's talk to Hutchie. No, no. Let's talk to Hutchie. You know the East Spies, mate? Let's talk to Hutchie and, and sort out the East Spies here and call them the SENZs. Senzies. Senzies. Let's do it. Give me, let's do it. 19 minutes past here with the Senzies here with Cubis Warehouse. Great savings every day. A little Let's bit of net, it. little bit of netball and all blacks after this. 25 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning. Great to have your company on the Friday as we kick into the weekend. Boys, the Commonwealth Games just keeps on giving. Jamaica beating the Aussies in their netball clash to take their first ever victory over the Aussies. Can we get a comment from the Izzy and Kempe netball expert, Keza, on what Jamaican, Jamaica beating the Aussie in the netball means for the Silver Ferns going forward. Do the Silver Ferns lose the game this morning so they don't meet Aussie in the semi from Richie? Kez, get in the laboratory, mate. What you got? Wow, how impressive was that? I mean, I just woke up this morning, saw netball Twitter going crazy over... Uh, what time was that? The Jamaicans. Oh, Louie, we, we, we get it. I slept in this morning. We'll, have a, we'll, we'll leave it for now. But, uh, yeah, the rise of Jamaican netball over the last few years has been just incredible, and I think uh, for me... Me personally, I can put that down to Rob Wright, who's jumped in as their uh, head coach. Uh, Janelle Fowler-Reed, she's obviously carved up the ANZ Premiership. She went over and carved up in Suncorp and Aussie, and now she's just got her revenge by uh, coming back and taking down the Aussies. Uh, they ended up picking a 57-55 win. And obviously, boys, we've been talking about it all week. This morning is the morning. 
The Silver Ferns play the English Roses at 8am New Zealand time. I'm saying that the Ferns are going to win it here, and what that means for the Ferns is it's going to be goal difference depending on Australia and Jamaica, whether who we face in the semi-final, and obviously that will decide who goes into the big final. So boys, I am saying, because right now the Silver Ferns in England are tied, Ferns are going to get up, top the pool, head straight into the semis. Boys, I could be well wrong, they could be heading straight to the finals. Wow. Wowee, Keza. What's changed in seven days? Well, you had them basically fighting it out for bronze and all of a sudden we're gold medal, are you saying? We're gold? They still have to play a semi-final, don't they? That's it, that's it. So they still have to play the semi-final. So that's who it's going to depend on, whether we play Jamaica or whether we play Australia. So, boys, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily changing my mind. I'm just saying (laughs) that Australia, Jamaica and England are the three biggest competitors, and that's who we're going to see in the semis, obviously. Uh, Mate, I could have come up with that analysis. Give give us a take, yes. What do you say? That's what I'm saying. I've been very impressed with the the Silver Ferns this tournament, and I'm definitely saying that it is possible that they could go on and win gold. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> Boys, what I'm going to say now is end this end this debate once and for all. Boys, I know I said that I came on, I said they're going to win bronze, but boys, they could obviously win silver and gold. I'm saying next year they're winning the World Cup no matter what, just so you can stop giving me grief for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Absolutely oh, brilliant. So good. Resident da- netball professional and expert, Karen Bingham. Dame Knowles can sleep at night now, kids. With Tony oh, let's put a smile on everyone's face, eh? With all the success at the Commonwealth Games this week, it gives me hope that our men in black can deliver a gold performance of their own this weekend against the Springboks. With a big man, Caleb Clark, back in black and Simasone Tokuiho, the starting hooker, we have some much-needed size and aggressive carry, yes, added to the team. On paper, we look like we have a team that can get the job done. That's as his favourite saying, get the job done. And how much mana has Jace Ryan installed back into this black pack? I'm guessing plenty. And these All Blacks have been watching the rest of New Zealand carved at the Com Games. How good's that? They'll be gaining plenty of mod- uh, motivation for this weekend. So is it going to be a golden day in South Africa for our team? Or will we see them finish way back in the pack outside of medal contention? For me, I'm buoyed by the selections and feeling cautiously optimistic. Come on, the All Blacks. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Mm, cautious optimism for Tony Kemp. 0800-150-811, what about you? Cautious optimism? Scepticism? Denial? Where do you sit on the All Blacks as they look to take on the Springboks? And what you could say is a, a make-or-break series. And our choices for poll is coming up after the news with Aroha. And I'm going to put to you what Ian Foster needs to do to survive. Tim Kempe says, Our players are quality. It was our game plan or lack thereof that failed us against Ireland. We couldn't even execute basic skills. Yeah, and I just said to Louis off uh, in the break here, the thing that really surprised me about the All Blacks with the amount of errors an All Black team was making. I've grown up and watch the All Blacks for decades. And I've never seen that happen consistently in an All Black team as I did against the uh, the last Irish series. So if they are to have any chance, they have to they have to cut the error rate out. They have to be clinical in the way that they deliver, especially their offense against a South African team that'll be really hard to beat at home. 
Kempi says cautious optimism. What say you? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The men's black sticks are down three four against South Africa with five to go in the final quarter in their match, trying to stay alive in the Commonwealth Games. Uh, we've got plenty going on. The New Zealand doubles men's squash team is playing at the moment. They're leading Papua New Guinea eight five in the first game there. Silver ferns from eight o'clock and Kez's glass half full on the silver ferns. Why wouldn't you be? The uh, Jamaican team getting the wood up over the Aussies this morning. Really interesting. This tournament could play out in so many different ways. Stay with us on SCNZ. Here's Araho with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand choices for Impole up after this. Seven away from eight. Joe's in the emos coming out here. A little bit of emotion on a Friday. <laughs> I don't mind it, Joey. Find yourself there. Who's easy top? <laughs> Who's easy top? Look for the guy with the beard. 26 and a half away from eight this morning. The Black Sticks men are oh, they're deep in battle against South Africa, down 3-4 at the moment. Joey Park has had his bout, his, uh, bout confirmed with Joe Joyce for September 24, I think it was. Um, over there in Manchester. That's great news for Joseph Parker. Paul Cole joined us at the start of the hour to talk about his Commonwealth Games gold medal. So cool to catch up with one of our favourite Kiwis, Colsey. Mills Malayena to join us up after 8 o'clock. Izzy will be back in action as well. Alrighty, for you here, it's time to rip into our Choices Flooring poll. Okay, go to SENZ, the app. Click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, the stream, and have your choice. Choices Flooring's Adobe Hybrid Collection, the water-resistant flooring choice. Kempe, I've got a question for you about Ian Foster. Do you feel like you got the stomach for it? Of course, mate. Bring it on. Mate, of course you got the stomach. You're a stomach of steel, eh? <laughs> uh, oh. Mm, yeah, oh. I wish I did. Actually, I wish I did, but yeah, it's not too bad, but it could be a lot better. Well, you hear it some mornings, actually. <laughs> Stop it. Help it. Right. That Let's, was Bruiser snoring, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that why you brought your dog to work? Yeah, yeah. Just run a bit, bit of cover. A bit of cover. Good boy. <laughs> Let's be real here. Let's be real. Here's your choices for him, Paul. Let's be real. Double eight, double three, come through. Oh, eight hundred, one five, oh, eight, eleven. Don't be shy. Let's be real. You can be honest with us. Izzy's not here at the moment, so he's back in bed. So you can be really honest with us about this one. How many wins... Does Ian Foster need to keep his job in South Africa? Be honest with me. Think about it. None. He's safe no matter what. One. And a big win. Both. Otherwise, toast. Doesn't matter. Nothing to do with wins or losses anymore. This is a bigger pitch in New Zealand rugby situation. How many wins does Ian Foster need to keep his job in South Africa? None. He's safe. One, and it better be a nice win. Both, at least. He's got to win these both. We haven't lost in South Africa in eight years. Or it doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with wins or losses anymore. 0800 That's the choices for him, Paul. Double eight, double three. Or go into the SENZ app, click on the Izzy and Kempe for breakfast stream and click your nomination there. And I'll come back at 8.30 with the results. Kempe, what's your gut? Uh, he needs one. 
at least one. Uh, if he gets none, he gets thrown under the bus by the CEO because that's what happens. The CEO before the coach before the CEO because CEO comes under intense pressure. Uh, I don't think it's a um, a matter of him just being there no matter what. This, that doesn't make any sense because I've just already changed Jace Ryan. And yeah, if they get if they get both, then he's safe. Real simple. But he needs at least one. If he comes back with nothing, I reckon these changes. So you think that he can he can salvage his job through the World Cup if he wins both of these? I've actually thought, 100%. I actually think they've said that. I think Steve Hansen's card was forced. So, I don't, see, no one's actually picked up the conversation that Steve Hansen's had. I think Steve Hansen's card was forced because he had to back the coach that came in after him because he was a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, definitely. There was no, there was no way that his, and, good, his... and good on him. Like I said, like good on him for standing up and saying, well, "There's he... actually bigger problems here than the coach." You're not, you're not actually seeing the bigger picture. I, th- I think you're right, Kim. But I think it was actually there's huge remnants of truth to what he said. But I also think there's no way in hell he was going to stand by and see his legacy tarnished. Hundred percent. He had. He, that's what I mean. His card was forced. He had to come out and play it. None. But they have to perform well. Big losses, and he's gone. The board needs to look at themselves. I'd drop Foster and the CEO. I think Kempe's right. I think Ian Foster is the one who's on the chopping block imminently. The CEO's a wider discussion, and that probably happens after the World Cup if it doesn't quite work out. Um, we won't talk about Razor today. Let's save that for another time. This is just about Ian Foster. How many wins does he need to keep his job? None. He's safe no matter what. One and a big one. Both, otherwise he's toast, doesn't matter, nothing to do with wins or losses anymore. Come through, have your say. Got some messages here on double eight double three to get to after this, along with Michael Guerin, loveracing.nz, a little bit of racing after this as um, we take stock with a very sad and, um, I, I guess, sombering situation the racing industry is facing at the moment with Taiki Yanagita, one of the most popular and uh, promising young jockeys we've got who's fighting hard in Waikato Hospital with some really serious injuries after a race fall. We'll talk to Michael Guerin about that after this Waikato Stud Racing Preview. You can go on the back burner for this week. Um, it's a This is a person, you know, this stuff's real. So we'll do that with Michael Guerin after this, but I want to hear your messages on Ian Foster as well. 22 away from 8. Alrighty, we're 16 and a half away from 8am this morning on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Um, up after 8 o'clock, we'll go back to the rugby union chat along with Mills Maliaina to talk about the All Blacks. But look, racing is a huge part of our show. It's a huge part of SCNZ. It's a huge part of New Zealand's national identity. There's an industry out there who this morning and at the moment are, well, taking stock of everything really because unfortunately, as does happen sometimes, jockeys... Well, they put themselves right on the firing line. And right now we're all praying for Taiki Yanagita, a 28-year-old talented rider who came off on the synthetic track on Wednesday. And he's um, fighting hard right now. Michael Guerin is well, New Zealand's leading racing journalist. He's obviously co-hosted with me on the Mail Run on Saturday mornings. He's racing editor of the New Zealand Herald. And Mick, I know... On a personal note, you'll be taking this pretty hard, but you'll also be trying to get as much information for everybody as possible. Morning to you, mate. Thanks for taking the call. Um, what do we know? Let's start there. Morning, Louis, and big hi to everybody listening around the country. It is a tough time. It's a very small community, the jockey community. Um, you know, if you have an injured rugby player, we might have, you know, a couple of hundred thousand in the country or a hundred thousand these days. You know, there's only a hundred jockeys. So they all know each other and we all know them. 
Now, Taiki, for those who don't know, uh, is a Japanese-born rider who is 28, as you mentioned, has been living in New Zealand since he was 18. Um, he was riding on Wednesday at Cambridge. He had a fall. Not only did he hit the track when which his helmet came off, but the horse following him through no fault of anybody, this was real split-second stuff, Louis, um, trod on him and stood on his back. So he has spinal injuries, which are very serious, and he also has hidden brain injuries, which are also very serious. And I try not to be alarmist in saying that, but um, both are concerning in their own right, and he has both at the same time. He was put in an induced coma at the track, taken to Waikato Hospital. They were going to transfer him to Middlemore Hospital because of the spinal injuries, but they've decided not to because of the head injuries. So he has those two as well as other internal injuries. He is in a very, very grave situation. Um, his mother, Tayano, is flying out from Japan. She lives in Kyoto in Japan. She arrives at Auckland Airport in about half an hour. She'll be taken to his bedside uh, in Waikato Hospital in the intensive care unit uh, and we're only hoping and for those who are that way inclined praying for good news today but the doctors are not confident of good news today Louis. That's really really sad news Mick. Hey um, I know that his mum and his sister are coming out today. Who else is affected down here in New Zealand? He's been here for 10 years. Uh, Has he got family in that as well in New Zealand? can be single man um, and, and no children, um, so no dependents in that regard. Um, he's quite tall for a jockey, um, is Taiki. Everybody calls Taiki Tiger, so I'll keep calling him Tiger. Everybody calls him that. He's quite tall for a jockey, so he's had to really, really work on his fitness because it, it's hard for jockeys. For those who don't follow racing, jockeys need to be around 55, 56 kilos as fully grown men in this case to be able to do their job. So fitness has been crucial for him. He's not a guy you see out having a beer after the races very often. He's not a guy who's out gallivanting around town. He's very quiet, very, very dedicated because he has to be to keep that weight off him so he can enable himself to be a jockey. And as Lance O'Sullivan, who was his boss and mentor, and of course the New Zealand's champion jockey for many decades, Lance said, look, when he came here, he wasn't a natural. He wasn't a great jockey. For sheer hard work, and dedication, and hours and hours on those roads, he's enabled himself to become a jockey who's won 162 races and three black type races. So he's a young man who's worked extremely hard at his craft and is incredibly popular and polite, uh, and yeah, a lot of people in the racing industry, but particularly in that close-knit jockey's rooms, obviously there's males, jockeys, and female jockeys, they'll be really hurting today. Mick, can you put it in context for us, um, about how often or how dangerous a jockey's job is. Like, you know, we we hear about jockeys and we see jockeys coming off from time to time, but like, this is serious. And, yeah, do, for, for casual sports fans that might not, you know, we see motorsport crashes and, you know, sports people put themselves in the firing line to various degrees. But just can you just give us a bit of context on jockeys in particular? In the last 30 years, um, you know, we've lost three jockeys to race accidents, so actual accidents that have cost lives. It's incredibly dangerous because a horse weighs about 550 kilos. Obviously, animals have a mind of their own, 
And people don't realise jockeys aren't sitting on them like you would normally sit on a horse at the beach. They are, are balancing right on their toes in the stirrups on a horse at full speed. So if a horse makes any quick change of direction, it's incredibly hard to stay on them. It's an amazingly skillful job, plus trying to push and beat your arrivals and push through gaps, which it, it's amazing when you see the footage, which you can see on head cam for some of the jockeys sometimes. Um, it's an incredibly brave job, and often it's done by people who are in a dehydrated or, shall we say, not greatly nourished state, because a lot of jockeys will waste, which is the ability to take a kilo or two off the day of race day through a sauna or through a hot bath, they'll waste to get down to those weights. That's a story for another day. That's not a factor in this story. But the problem is that sometimes when a jockey hits a track, no different to when you're playing rugby or league, if you are playing on a wet surface, a wet ground, you bang your head, you're probably going to be okay. There's lots of give in the ground. On a synthetic racetrack or a summer racetrack made of turf, which is very hard, you know how that goes. You know yourself if you're at home and you die for a cricket ball in summer on the grass at home for a bit of fun. You come up losing a lot of skin. You bang your head on the hard, hard um, grass. It, it hurts. This track was synthetic, and it's sort of a mixture of, a, of sand, the best way to describe it to people listening to this. When Tiger hit the sand, like at the beach, you think if you're at the beach and you come off a motorbike or a bike, you just dig into it. You hit it and you stay there. You don't roll as you might on the grass. Um, this is the first time I've had a major accident on a synthetic track, I'm not saying they're any less safe, but when you do have an accident at full speed, you are basically going straight into the surface and staying there, um, which is possibly one reason why Tiger's helmet came off. Again, not talking about safety concerns with that, it was just a factor in this particular accident, the way it unfolded. Yeah, right, Mick. Thank you for the bit of context there and the information. Um, I guess we'll, we'll follow um, Tiger's... Um, uh, Taiki's condition over the weekend and try to keep up to date with what's going on with him. And look, everybody, I've got messages coming in already, people sending their thoughts to his family and the whole racing industry, because you're right, everyone will be shook here. You go on, mate. I know you're off this weekend, um, so we won't speak to you tomorrow morning on the mail run, but appreciate your time, Mick, and uh, we'll, we'll keep posted on your Twitter page and other places for any updates. Yeah, we'll try and keep you updated, Louis. It's a really tricky situation. Taiki's mum doesn't speak English. But there's good people surrounding them. NZTR, which is on thoroughbred racing, is doing the right thing in this case by trying to support her as much as they can. But, um, yeah, the next 24 hours, absolutely crucial. Doctors telling Lance O'Sullivan yesterday, the next four or five days it may be before out of the woods. And even if Taiki does regain consciousness and we are able to, to have him back in our lives, um, he's got a very, very long road ahead with some of the injuries he has. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes posted for a give a little page or anything like that. As soon as we get hold of one, which I'm sure there will be one, we'll one. make sure to share it around. There you go, Michael Guerin, racing editor of New Zealand Herald, co-host of the Mail Run with us. Um, some pretty sombering news this morning, but it can't all be rainbows and lollipops. Kempe, the sporting world, and especially the racing world, is a brutal place. Oh, I did look at, uh, I guess for me, I spoke to Alan Sherrick yesterday just about uh, Mickey Walker's in, yeah. in Melbourne as well, you know, suffering from a um, a fall and jump outs and put in an induced coma in ICU and 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 just coming out of it. Yeah, you know, it just got, it, it reminds you of the type of work that these jockeys do and the positions that they put them in, ev- in themselves in every day, and like they normally cop it because of the way they ride and oh, yeah. you know the people are always at them and and then when there's something like this happens. You then start to a reality bites and goes, 
Well, would you hop on that that five hundred and forty kilogram horse? Like, you know, you know, Lou. We go to the races all the time, and you watch them run past that first corner, and they're jostling for positions, and it's so easy to clip a heels of a horse that, mate, is that there's a wonder there's not more injuries in racing, and this is just a. a a reminder of how dangerous the sport actually is. Very good point, Kempi. I don't think this is a, a day for just people in the racing industry to take stock. I think for all of us, if you've ever watched a horse race or punted on a horse race, I think you should probably just take a moment to consider what these people are actually doing. Six and a half away from eight. That was Michael Guerin after this. We'll get back to the rugby and then we'll catch up with Izzy and Mills Molina after eight. This is SCNZ. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Coming up to 8am this morning, appreciate all your messages around Taiki Yanagita. Uh, we won't read them all out, but appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers on this terrible situation. Now, does your field of dreams need an upgrade? Win a complete community sports field renovation with SENZ and PGG Rights and Turf. Go to SENZradio.nz and head to the win page to find out more. Kempi, we're talking about Fozzie. What does he need? Gordon. None. He would be gone already if they were firing him. Hi, guys. Fozzie needs at least one really good one. Otherwise, time to say thanks, but no thanks, says Baz. Barry? Mate, unbelievable. They're coming hard and fast. And Stratty, morning, boys. To expect any All Blacks coach team to win two in South Africa is harsh. Win one, but play well and both be a great result. Stratty. AKA Mr. Glass Half Full. Love it, mate. Appreciate everybody's messages on double eight double three. Head to the app to vote in that poll. Gonna go get ourselves another McCafe coffee. Here is Adol Health and News for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Mills Mulaina up after this. Look after your joints with Go Healthy Glucosamine 60 capsules, now 2349 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It's past 8 o'clock. Welcome into SCNZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Big show so far. We've just got a text here saying, don't read this out, but so-and-so wins. Shh. So we're 100% going to read that out from Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Don't worry, Mark. We'll be tipping that out to everybody. Welcome into the show this morning. Commonwealth Games flying. The Silver Ferns down early, 2-4 to the English team. Uh, they are on attack as well. So they might go down 5-2 here in their pivotal game to see where they qualified. The women's black sticks are through to the semifinals. The men's not so much. Paul Cole, Joel King into the mixed doubles quarterfinals in the squash. Portia Bing into the women's 400-meter hurdles finals in the athletic. The White Ferns trounced by England. And right now we've got the men's discus final with Connor Bell underway 
as well. Congratulations to Georgia Williams snagging herself a bronze in the women's time trial. Aaron Gate missed out on a forfeit, finishing fourth in the men's time trial. So much going on at the Com Games, hard to keep up. But right now, Izzy, I reckon let's tack hard left. Mm. Let's talk a bit of code. Let's have a McCafe coffee catch-up with a bloke who's played a hell of a lot of test footy. Yes, he's an absolute legend. He's a good friend. I knew he'll be up nice and early when I flicked him a wee message at 5.30am asking if he'd come on the show after 8 o'clock. And he's uh, answered my SOS. Appreciate it. Mills, Muliaina, someone, one of my first roommates. He showed me the ropes nice and early and uh, learned everything I know off the one and only Mills. Millsy, morning. Good morning, good morning, brother. I don't think I taught you everything I, I know, mate. I never taught you all that bad stuff you used to do, mate. So, but um, <laughs> thanks for having me on, brother. That was Corey Jane Amos. That, that's it, man. That's it. Hey, you blame all that stuff on CJ, mate. He, he led you astray. Oh, Millsy, don't get me started on you, buddy. Anyway, appreciate you coming on, Millsy. Um, mate, big week. The All Blacks test in South Africa. It's been highly anticipated. We, we're waiting all week to see what team was un- unveiled for the All Blacks. A couple of changes. Caleb Clark comes in, mate. But what was your f- initial reaction to the team that was named? I'd have to say possibly the front row. Um, mm. I think it's it's a, it's a probably an indication of it's, it's perhaps where we want to actually um, try and play the game. Um, you know, given the well, the only real, I mean, experience you've got there is, is Angus. I mean, Tokiaho has been there for a wee while, but he's still relatively inexperienced as well. And, you know, George Bauer having played last year. So it's probably an indication about this. We've spoken about over the years, you know, where are we going with our front row? Do we have a mobile pack or mm. a pack that's designed to, to go around and really hit the seat piece? I think there's a real balance in terms of what they've, um, they've picked there and, and possibly a little bit to the future. Which is really ballsy, from you know, yeah. considering you know, the the heat that you know Ian Foster's been on in the last couple of weeks. I, I think he would have loved to have this team, having had you know, won that sort of June series, a June July series against the Irish. But I, I think this is um, this is you know him going out now and saying, well, look, this is what I've always thought about. I think this is where we can go. Uh, and and whilst we're in South Africa, uh, it probably. Um, you know, complements the game that they're about to play. It's probably above the ground and hard and fast. Mm. Hey, Mulsey, Jace Ryan, obviously with those picks in the in the forward pack, especially coming off the bench, the the ag- aggress. It looks like more aggression. Is he looking for? Is that what you think around the forwards? I think a little bit of explosiveness, a little bit, a little bit of X, X factor. Um, you know, you're type type. Five, um, you know, obviously still having a bit of, bit of stability around their, their set piece with the two locks and their experience. But I think when you when you go to South Africa, you've got to come up with something different. You can't go there and say, well, hey, look, I'm going to match this guy with that guy. You know, he, he brings, uh, you know, um, they T-bone and, and, and run hard and they're really physical. I think you've got to bring a different element. You've almost got to surprise them a little bit and mm. and target their, um, their, their, their experience, target their... Um, their strengths and the biggest strength is you know their physicality. They're, they're big boys. Their lineouts are really quick, so don't don't go to lineouts if you can get the ball in and they kick them out. You know, get them in, try and play a really fast, agile game. Now, the danger to that is you know when 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 you do make mistakes um, and you end up um, set piece. Have you got a set piece that can actually go out there and and, and front it? Um, and and I suppose you know with Angus Tavell. 
um, and Bauer there, there's a real big onus on making sure they, they sort that set piece because the South Africans love it, man. They, they love grinding you down. But if we can get a game that sort of um, a little bit unstructured, uh, that suits us, but uh, that's high, high skill level, um, particularly when you've got the loose trio that we've got and, and some of the, the ball carriers that we've got. Tokiahos, he'll, he'll be massive too. I think, you know, um, there's indications there that, you know, Ian Foster wants to play a really fast, quick game and to try and sort of, um, you know, tire these, these big boys down and then, and then hopefully open things up. So, so Fozzie's um, taking over the backs. Millsy, we're going to go to the backs now. You've got Caleb Clark coming in, getting his first opportunity. I want, I want to ask you about him and his expectations, limited amount of rugby. Uh, you know, he hasn't played for a hell of a long time. What are our expectations for him? But with Fozzie's influence on the team, what are our expectations and who do you think really needs to stand up this weekend in that back line? Oh, look, there's always talk about your, your team, your driver being able to, 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 to step up. Um, Caleb Clark, he's going to be fresh. He'll be really excited. Um, and sometimes that enthusiasm just lifts um, a lot of the, the play. If he's going to get a lot of kicks to him, he'll bring the ball back. Um, the key is that he's got, he's got to keep working off the ball to try and open up some holes for the guys on, on the inside. I wouldn't. I didn't say. I don't think it's a guy that needs to step up. I think it's just a guy that I think is very important to this backline. And it's David Harvey. I think, you know, him being out um, through illness, through you know the Irish series was massive, and coming back into the fold in that sort of in that last game, you know, just being able to find his feet. Obviously, um, was was heavily hit by COVID, but I think he brings. Um, a massive part in, term, in terms of this, this backline, you know, his skill execution, but also his ability to be able to help, um, you know, you know, Bowden, um, his mm. direction and voice. And we're just starting to see that. You've seen that in the in the, in the Super Rugby um, final, you know, the way he played and the way he really stepped up. So it's not so much him stepping up, it's being him being back first and foremost, um, having been out with COVID, but his stability and, and voice, and I've seen a different part of his game, particularly in, in Super Rugby, that physicality um, in, in the 12 uh, jersey. So, um, in particular, his, his tackling, I think he's a key part because he brings um, he brings a little bit something a little bit different. You know, he can kick the ball, um, he can um, you know take a little bit of pressure off Bowden, he can carry well, and, and now in his game, that physical um, aspect in terms of his um, tackling, he's really starting to bring. So, I think he's a very key part to this All Black backline. Hey, Milsey, take us back, okay? Just take us back a little bit and give some education to our listeners here. You're standing at the back and it's not really going your way and you're in that fullback position and you're seeing things that are quite not happening how you thought they were going to happen with your training. What what are you looking at to change from that fullback position? What are you looking at to, to offer as far as leadership goes when it, when it starts to get dark and, and dirty in that middle part of the field? No, oh, mate, yeah, Jeepers, man, you're starting to bloody get me um, bloody, bloody nervous here, mate, thinking <laughs> me back to those times. But I think the key thing is, Kippy, is, is that it's it's not so much what I sat in the back and thought far out, okay, man, this isn't going going to plan. Um, it's that leadership. The leadership in terms of everyone else and, and the leaders being able to get on the same page. You know, like, okay, cool, this is our game plan that we went to during the week. Man, it's not happening. Um, okay, let's let's talk about this now when we get a moment as as the leaders of, say, the back three, you know, the midfield, um, the directors coming in and saying, okay, what's our plan? And there's always going to be different different ideas. Okay, there's opportunities here, but the faster those leaders 
um, can can come up with a with a different plan, and then start implementing and telling the guys around them. So this is what we're going to do, and it's got to be really simplistic. And I know it's easy saying that, you know, when when you're out of it, but in the heat of the moment, it's really important that you start that you change it straight away, and then you then you get a backing from your leaders. Okay, cool. This is what we're going to do now. Okay, well, let's do it for the next five or ten minutes. And if you start getting inroads there, then we'll just hammer out and then start working something else. But the key is that leadership group, um, that they change things and the ability to change things. Mm. And I think, in that, you know, from the outside looking in, I don't think we had quite had that. I think we had too many, um, you know, sort of, you know, game plans on them. Man, this isn't going right. Okay, cool. I'm going to step up now, which is awesome. We had, you know, Artie stand up and go, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick things up. I'll carry. I'll I'll um I'll try and lead this this team through, you know, a tough a tough patch. The important part is he's got to have the other five or six guys right in behind him and 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 be clear on what their game plan is when things aren't going so well. And and I think there was a lot of confusion during that that um that that uh, Irish series in terms of where where do we go when you're under pressure. That's what you revert to. You just go I'll, I'll try and do it. I'll try and do it. Um I think the leadership group and I think they've They've um they've obviously you know sat down and, and spoken about a few things. They made you know they had a huge call in terms of um you know what they did in terms of the review, but I think now is the time for them now to really get on that the, the same page, back each other, and 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 have the ability to really keep things simple. Because if they get it right, all those young guys that haven't been to South Africa, some guys that haven't have only been once and have never experienced this before, they'll follow them. They'll, they'll follow them into into you know to the hills and and. and and go to those dark places for them. And in, in the end, if they don't, if they don't win. Well, at least they're all on the same page and thinking, well, this is what we tried to change, rather than, hey, you go, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. And um, you know, we've lost because we've had all these different ideas, and everyone else is on the, on, on different pages. Mate, it's Will Jordan. Will Jordan hasn't been to South Africa. This is his first trip. I couldn't believe it when he told me the other day. He feels like he's been around forever. But talking to change, uh, Millsy. We saw a, a variation. We saw varying bits of it throughout the Irish series with their phase attack. And that's something that's been on everyone's minds for the last couple of years. Do we go back to the pods, the plain old pods, or are we going to see some variation? We had the wide pass off Aaron Smith that worked in the first yep. test, but it only worked because we got line breaks and we bent the line so they weren't able to get their line speed going. What, what do you want to see this week? Are you, are you expecting the All Blacks to go back to just the tra- traditional pods, or are you, are you expecting some innovating? Have they had enough time with Fozzie getting his hands on them in the, about a week and a half? Well, I think the pods always there, so they can always revert to that. All our Super Rugby teams, you know, you know, played played a similar sort of style. I, I love that. You're right. They went to that wider part, to that third man, and you know, it was that was huge. So they've got that up their sleeve too. I think mm. if you if you bring things right back. They didn't. They started to not win the contact. They started to go, um, you know, go down the blind a bit, and then they sort of come back, and that caused confusion. I think for me, if if, if I was going to go to South Africa and you're wanting to play a, a hard, fast game, you've got to get your skill set right first. It's going to be dry. It's a three o'clock, two or two o'clock game. Um, you've got to win those contact. And when you when you pick guys up, that are up front that are particularly going to carry the ball, bows and they've got really nice, you know, foot movement and they've got real good physicality. You can't forward to actually go, you know, in T-Bone, you've got to find a little wee gap just to find that little bit of space. And once you get that that sort of front foot forward, then we can, you know, unleash our backs. So mm. I, I, I'd love to see them, you know, go back to what they do best. Just old school, to say, Just roll yeah, your sleeves up. But have a real good skill set about it. Have a really good skill set mm. about it. Because that's what, we're, that's what we're known for. We're the best in the world. Our skill level and what we do. And that starts yeah. from... 
you know, playing in the backyard. And, and I love to see them do that. We haven't seen the accuracy in that in the last, you know, I suppose, couple of years. Hey Mills, just one from me, and I appreciate you coming on at short notice. But speaking of rolling the sleeves up, uh, from watching the breakdown, I know you don't mind the prickly topics. I know you don't mind the prickly questions, and you love dissecting this 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 stuff. We've been asking uh, everybody today, how many wins does Ian Foster need to keep his job on this tour? And I'd love to get your take on this. I've thrown out a few different options. None, he's safe already. One, and a decent win. Both, otherwise, he's probably toast. Or it doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with wins or losses at the moment. So your best guess or your best bit of insight, what would you be leaning towards? Look, I don't think, and I know there's another review after the South African tour. I, I, you know, I think they'll go one and one. Um I don't think they'll they'll let him, they shouldn't if it was me I wouldn't let him go after this tour if it was if it's be we know in two I think you've got to mm-hmm. give him the whole of the championship um, and and I don't you know if he loses the Bledisloe that's going to be a massive I think that that could be what sort of you know the board will have to look at before the interview tour but I think you've got to give him the championship uh, to try and get things right um, mm-hmm. you know give him this tour this is massive for Fozzie and, and the team. Um, but I think they've got to back him. And that's why I'm a little bit disappointed that they want to review again. I'm unsure they want, why they want to review after a two-match tour. I think you wait until the end of the, the championship and, you know, you've still got the end of your tour and then you come out and say, well, here's what he's done. Um, is it enough for him to keep it? Rather than sort of, you know, every two games, we're going to we're gonna have a look at it. I can't put a number on it. I, I think the mm. Bledis load is going to be huge. That's going to be, is, uh, we need to keep that in the cabinet because that's always very, very important. You know, um, that's the next Ooh. best thing. Apart from the World Rugby World Cup, um, yeah. if he loses that, then gee, um, I'd, I'd hate to think um, you know what what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the treasured trophy, Millsy. Uh, it's been in our cabinets for a very, very long time. I think that will be the the line in the sand if if it comes to that. Hopefully not. Anyway, Millsy, we'll let you go, bud. We appreciate you coming on our show at short notice. You're doing a fantastic job on the screens. Keep up the great work, mates, and uh, thank you very much. And have a good, great weekend with your family, bud. Yeah, good on you guys. Thanks heaps. Have a good weekend, Dave. There he is, Mills. Williaina, very articulate and uh, comes across and just really nails the point. Great detail on, on explaining things and we appreciate him coming on, lads. Leadership. Leadership. You know, that, that question around getting the group together and making sure that they make that decision but do it collectively, so yep. important, mate. I think, that's, I think that's the key. He was a hell of a leader, mate. Honestly, you, you follow him anywhere. Just so much mana, just respect him, and uh, yeah, just a lot of time, and he's, he's done really well on the screens. He's an absolute code head, is he? I can't like just from an outside view, listening to his analysis. Like, no offense mm. to anyone else giving rugby analysis in in New Zealand, but probably there's no one I'd rather listen to than Mills. Like, you watch him actually get into the like the depths of attacking structure of yeah. asking the question that is probably the one that maybe you don't want to actually go near Mills is mm. the first one to hey I actually think this is about this and I can only imagine as a player and as a young fullback coming in you were just like in awe of him is it, would that be mm. about right when the way oh, yeah. he would look at the game yeah I was I was in awe of Mills and, and tried to well I, I was I was with him for two two years before he went off overseas so I really just soaked it all up and he got an understanding, mate. Defense has a he just had a real nouse. Like he's obviously very skillful, but man, he'd pop up in the in the 
right place at the right time. His work rate, his anticipation to predict where the ball is going to be. And you just watch him and just be wowed every single time. But you're dead right, his analysis. I loved his answer about, look, everyone gets fixated on the variations on attack and 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 the you know the phase play. What, what are we doing here? But the reality is you've got ball players and they've got to nail their skill sets, their core roles, their running lines, their footwork, and just roll your sleeves up. That's it. Roll your sleeves up and go to work. And that's gonna what it's going to take in South Africa. Yep, you're going to have to. You're dead right. As he's had a, something unstructured, like roll your sleeves up, get get down and dirty, and then outplay them. That's that's all you want to do. And to the people coming through questioning uh, the level of punditry we do get, well, I can never, and I don't think anyone could ever accuse Mills of not asking and getting into the dirty stuff. I, I really do think he is the one that hits an nail on the head more often than not. 22 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. Pip Morris from tab.co.nz, not far away. And your messages on the All Blacks as well, like this one. Hi, guys. What is the team for the ABs, please? Um, Clark on the wing. Yes, Kerry. Clark is on the wing. No, Geordie's at fullback. And Will Jordan is on the right wing. Bowden Barrett's at first five. Sammy, uh, Tuck Yaho is at hooker starting. Dan Coles on the reserve bench. Cody Taylor misses out. Tupo Vai also on the reserve bench. Akira Yuani holds his place at blindside flanker. Some of the keys to note there, Kerry. Keep your messages coming in throughout the morning. Back after this here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. 27 and a half minutes past 8 a.m. this morning. Sammy Sonny starting about time, says the text machine. Yeah, lots of um, super rugby fans and Chiefs fans have been screaming this for ages. Yesterday we heard from Paulie Moadi, the All Blacks odds at tab.co.nz. And I could have sworn he was saying that South Africa were paying about a dollar ninety something. I think that it was. It was sitting about even money. A dollar eighty seven. Pip, do we have an update on that? moment Lily so and there's still some big bets placed on them around that good morning about two and a half just over two and a half k has been put on South Africa once again to get the match result at that 187 and most of the larger bets in the last couple of days have been on them and the money staked in the market's about 50 50 as far as the match result South Africa 13 or more and all blacks 13 or more the selections with the most money staked in the winning team and market so either way punters are thinking that it's going to be 13 or more from either team and yesterday there was a couple of bigger bets too on the all blacks there was around 2,000 on them at two dollars which is not a bad little punt there either and we've got that nice money back promotion too on both of the games not only that one but Argentina and Australia place a pre-match winning team and margin bet. And if your team wins, but you have the incorrect margin, TAB will refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. And we've got the rugby union same game claim as well, guys. So you can get involved, place a three league or more same game multi. And if you lose by one league, we'll refund you up to $50. Hey, Pip, so you had the game last week. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy watching the Warriors? And what do you think about them against South this week? I did enjoy watching them, Kempi. I thought they played really well. Yes, they got defeated, but there were some really nice moments in the game. Oh, look, I think it's with Luchel Mitchell and the way that the Bunnies are on a roll, they're up against it. But if they can take that momentum from the Storm game, they're a chance. I have to say, as far as the betting market goes, everyone's on the Bunnies. 71% of money staked on them head-to-head. No real big bets on the Warriors yet uh, this week. And just quickly, two guys on the racing uh, in the Winter Cup. Best back is kick on, followed by very flash. 
happen. No real surprise with those two. No, not at all. I think Kick-On's the winner there, actually. I think finds a lovely way and the right form race is coming into it. Pip, appreciate your time. And you could also have a bet on the Silver Ferns. They're currently paying two ninety live, trading against England's dollar thirty-five. England leading 21.19, but the Ferns about to enter the ball to Grace Nowicki. So we'll see uh, $2.60 now, just like that. Uh, live, live sports betting, isn't it? Quite a marvel. Is he? First try scorer for the All Blacks. Oh, okay. First try scorer. Adi Savia. Oh, love it. <laughs> Adi Savia, I think, yeah. He's going to have a barnstorming game, I feel. Will Jordan. Ooh, yeah, that's not Come a bad on, boys. Shout. He'll be paid. Will Jordan he'll be is the bold. sharpest player in that team by country mile. Do you know? He'll, he'll be paying $1.90. I actually saw a poll earlier in the week, and it it was the Northern Hemisphere. They ran a poll on who is the best player in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment. About 37% of the vote, Artie Savia. And he might be the best player in the world at the moment. I know there's a lot of – I know there's a lot, and you look at Pete Omani, um, you look at big tag – the big lock for Ireland, uh, France has Dupont. They've got, uh, but Artie Savia and Will Jordan. But Artie Savia is in particular probably the one All Black who has actually gone the other way, and his form has continued to ascend while the team is digressing. Yeah, no, he's he's the first name on the sheet every week. He yeah, he would be, he could go close to going one of the best in the world. Exactly what he was able to do in a well tough time against Ireland. He really stood out. Um, Mate, fair shout, sure. Hey, is he? Is Arnie got a, a an issue putting weight on? Because I reckon he's about five kilos too light. Oh, is he? Hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We'll come back to it. It's a great question, Kempi. Let's just get off to Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand, we'll get Izzy's thought on that because you could be right. He does look sometimes quite slim for a number eight, but it doesn't seem to stop him. Twenty eight away from nine. Back soon. So what you want? Live from the Millbrook Buffet, is he hooking into the apple juice? <laughs> yeah, one beer. I, t- I tell you, I tell you, off here, and you just throw me under. Yeah, mate, beautiful buffet, game, I must say. <laughs> There'd be most beautiful hash browns. I'm really shredding for Fiji, I tell you. Do you but think? No, I'm down here. <laughs> I'm down here, and uh, someone that won't be eating hash browns is Ardi Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the question before does he struggle to put on weight? Um, I don't. I don't think so, uh, Kempi. Like I, I'm, I probably don't know the real detail, but for him, I, I just his shape is that's him because even like if he got bigger, he doesn't really need to be bigger. The way he can. He's so powerful through contact, but his biggest asset is his speed and his agility. So you don't want to put on too much weight, otherwise you take away that side of it. If he was having problems in the contact area and you were struggling, um, you were seeing him getting dominated and he wasn't able to, um, to to do what he's doing now, then I would have question marks and then I'd probably go see the, the nutritionist and try and encourage him to get bigger. But at the moment, I think he's the, the perfect shape because he's playing the best rugby he's ever played and his biggest asset is his speed and we don't want to lose that can play 
Can't play. Can play. Looking for a flooring. Looking for flooring that scuff, scratch, and water resistant. Choose Adobe Hybrid from Choices Flooring. The Choices Flooring poll this morning. Let's be real. How many wins does Ian Foster need to keep his job? Nine percent of people say none. He's safe. Twenty-three percent of people say one and a big win. That was me. Thirty-five um, percent of people say both. Otherwise, he's toast. But I think people just want him gone, so we're choosing mm. that. Wins and losses won't affect the decision. Takes thirty percent of the vote. So second most popular. Um, there's a text here from Nick talking about Adi Savi and boys says Morena Brothers makes up for it with heart, Kempi, and that's what people m- lack the most. Oh, you're going to need plenty of that this weekend, mm. eh, Izzy? You're going to yeah. get, like, you, I remember playing test match football and after the first 10 minutes going, man, I can't believe how quick this is going, you know? And you're mm. breathing and you've got to keep moving and guys are yelling at you, you know, and you're just going, oh, it's not like this in club land. Yeah, well, and altitude, Kempi, over in, in South Africa, she is at another level. So those players and the boys haven't been back there for a very long time. So the lungs degrees. will be burning. But another player that's really got to step up, and we've touched on it on the show, is, is Geordie Barrett. Now, I was listening to um, the breakdown the other day as well, and Goldie was talking about it. And he really got me thinking about Geordie's role. How does he have the biggest influence on this game? And one thing that we've shied away from is, is our ability to attack all parts of the field. So we've got our double-sided attack, and what you really need is you, you need your drivers. So your 10s and your 15s really need to drive that. And we know Geordie's, he can do some things that no one else could do. His biggest asset is his physicality. But really want to see him driving that short-side attack, getting in there, allowing Bowden Barrett to rely on him. If it's not on on the right side, there's going to be space somewhere and you need to see it. So really getting into that first receiver, being a driver, putting the kicks in, calling the shots if there's opportunities down that short side, but playing a real driver role and showing some leadership. I really want to see that this weekend. Um, this is his opportunity to really take a grasp on that fullback role, which people are calling for it. Will Jordan, not a bad shout when he goes back there. So it really needs to um, yeah, just nail that for me this weekend. There you go. From one of our greatest ever fullbacks, Izzy Dag, that's what you want to see from Geordie Barrett. Really drive that short side play. I completely know what you mean. Get yourself in the line. Use that variation of depth on attack, Izzy. Great mm. point. Here's a text from Dave. And look, we'll vote who we want to do this. DuPont is the best player in the world right now. Closely followed by amazing Artie Savia. Brackets. Please say his name as if you were introducing him to a heavyweight fight. Who's going to do it? Kempi? <laughs> Come on, Izzy. Come on, Uncle. Come on, Kempi. What, he put the amazing in there? Amazing Ardisov! Yeah! Oh! Bruce Kemp! Oh, Bruce Kemp! <laughs> How good! And fighting out of the left corner. He's weighing in at 105 kilograms, hailing from Wellington. Ardy, the bus take two. <laughs> there you go, Dave. Ask and you shall receive. Also, <laughs> at this stage on a Friday, you can almost get anything out of us. We've lost the plot. Oh, with... mate, even Duran Duran last got a mate text me and go, I hear you singing Duran Duran now on the radio. <laughs> mate, we do everything on this radio. You just got to tune in. Jolene. <laughs> 21 away from nine.
the Friday tipple, where we really examine how much we've lost the plot throughout the week. Coming up after this, some good texts here we'll get to as well from James and uh, an unnamed texter here on what Mills had to say as well. Back soon. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, ECNZ. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Quarter of the way from nine, you can still come through on the Kennard Tire phone line 0800 if you want to chat footy or com games or anything before the end of the show. But right now, this time every week... Uh, well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday Tipple. Oh, love that sound. <laughs> oh, wow. I want to start the tipple off by giving a toast to all the Commonwealth Game athletes who celebrated their achievements with us, including bronze medalist Stacey Flula and Moira Costa. They were both keen to have a laugh, as well as silver medalist Hayden Wild, who isn't holding any grudges against the officials who penalised them. Well, maybe a little. Do you feel like there's too many voices having their say in the way that things are being refereed? Well, yeah, I tell you what, it, it, it doesn't help when it was a uh, when it was a UK official. But anyway, um... <laughs> oh, he was salty. He Come was off. salty. He was coming <laughs> off the back fence. Well, while the com gains maybe grabbing most of the headlines, our GP team have been the talk of the town over in Plymouth. Yep, the Kiwi boys, they put up their best performance of the series to secure a maiden victory and were given the honour of taking the master of the seas, Lewis Pugh, for a joyride. Andy Maloney told us, though, that the team also had the chance to race with royalty. No, it was awesome having him on uh, before racing today, actually. But we raced against Kate Middleton today with him on the back of our boat. And, uh, what, the princess? Yeah, he had a good steer. And, yeah, we were racing against the princess today. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Okay, how good, how good. Duchess. How was the princess, Louis? Duchess. Charlotte is the princess, all right? (laughs) I I know my royals. All right, mate, all right, your royalty. Here we go. We've we've highlighted some amazing stories at the glass grassroots level throughout the year, but perhaps none more impressive than Monaco Rugby's journey to the top of Auckland's Premier Division. We caught up with club chairman Jason Mikes, ahead of the Galahar Shield final to find out what led to this incredible turnaround. We've been able to diversify and maximise income streams and we've invested in a sport development manager role which means growing rugby, juniors and senior numbers and then also committing to our summer activities as well. A little old club like that, Kempe, investing in the right areas, that's, that's positive signs, isn't it? Go the boys. Big game this weekend up against Pond Snobby. Talking about turnarounds, the All Blacks are set to face perhaps their biggest challenge of a tumultuous 2022. When they face, yes, the box, the South Africans in their own backyard. Brian Habana, what a legend, made it clear, though, that the boys in green won't be choosing to wear that favourites tag heading into Sunday's Test match. I think there would be a lot of hesitation from Jacques Ninova, Sia and the boys to sort of thin themselves as favourites. I think, you know, a hurting All Black is definitely something they, they won't take lightly. And I think, you know, given what's happening, given the potential amount of turmoil, you know, the one thing you can always know from the All Blacks is they know how to bounce back. Yep, and that's what we're hoping. Come on, boys. I think, yeah, I met a couple of South African um, supporters yesterday. They were the same, but they knew 
you know, they're not getting ahead of themselves. They know they've got a good chance, but they know a wounded All Blacks team will be a difficult challenge. Looking forward to Saturday, boys. Can't wait to watch. Anyway, it's time for our toast of the week. And as I mentioned at the start, it's been an incredible past few days for our athletes at Commonwealth Games. The medal count is currently at 37. And a big reason for that is the efforts of our track cyclists. The whole program have been have been mired in the controversy recently, but much of the surprise of many New Zealanders, it was raining gold inside the velodrome for the Kiwis. From Eddie Dawkins' perspective, however, it's the athletes, not Cycling New Zealand, where credit should be. The performances on the bike don't really relate to what's happening in the background because these riders just love what they do. Probably a bigger sign would be how good would the performances be in five years if those athletes performing at the level that these guys are then you'll know that it's been fixed if they're not then maybe it was just talented athletes that sort of ignored everything just to ride their bike there you go talented athlete athletes athletes man we've got plenty Tempe it's been an awesome watch isn't it oh, man, it's I'd, been a great I'd... watch I've been so excited about these com games and I don't know whether it's because we're winning so many medals but just seeing the like the way Coley threw himself around the court, just how much it means yeah. to the athletes, the way the cyclists have performed, the way the swimmers have been just, you know, unbelievable. And of course, mm. we've still got the netballers that'll probably win gold. Yeah, that. Oh, they're five, five goals down at the moment in the third quarter. Still, they the, really still the come heat. back. Yes, they, they, they fought their way back, but they've just given away a couple of these silly little turnovers. We'll keep you updated. And Smithy will keep you updated for sure coming up shortly. We'll have a chat to him. But, boys, poor how much effort went in. He was cramping in his quads, mate. And you spoke about it, Kempe. Just put his body on the line and got the results. Proud as punch. Bang on, Izzy. That's the Friday tipple. We'll come back with our medal tally official update after this and finish off with a couple of your texts here on ECNZ. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Another week coming to a close. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.